0: Hey everybody, I'm Nick Gelfast, I play Dr. Halstead in Chicago Med, and you are listening to Meet Us at Molly's.
1: next to your family, and to me, there's nothing more important. Not going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride.
0: Everyone. Welcome to episode 146 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we are going to cover Chicago Med Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Natural History. Uh, for those of you who don't know it by episode title, this is the one with Maggie's sister. Maggie's sister. So the first time we the meet her. Yeah, yeah, because she does come back, which is good stuff, like really good stuff. But yeah, she does come back. So as always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna
1: hello everybody Brenna, i missed you i know it's been two weeks but a lot's happened in our lives in two weeks
0: yeah for sure for sure both of us have new backgrounds here on our our respective (laughs) skype calls because we both moved last week um we always seem to do these things at the same time i don't know why that is
1: literally yeah the last time we both moved we moved at the same time Mm -hmm. because we share our brain Literally, though. Yeah, yeah,
0: actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a lot has changed for us, so that's going on. Um, and I feel like the world is kind of changing every day. Always. It's, yeah, it's a lot. There is a lot to process right now. Just, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just leave it
0: at that. We'll yeah. Just, yeah, for now, we'll leave it at that. So, um, as always, we like to start with the news, but there is no news because things are happening in the world
1: it stresses me out that it's july 9th and normally we would have like oh yeah they're starting back next week or you know whatever and we don't have anything i thought about that the other day
0: yeah i thought about that because in my time hop there are tweets and images and stuff of them resuming filming uh that keep popping up and i just keep looking at it and i'm like oh i miss them
1: yeah and i think too like i mean Derek can do whatever he wants but like Derek not being on social media and like teasing that they've been in the writer's room and like all these things and I'm just like it like is slowly killing me yeah and I mean I just I don't know and like the fact that we haven't even heard anything of like maybe they'll be coming back in August or one of them will come back in August like I I just think we're doomed for a
0: while yeah the last we heard was that med was rumored to be restarting in August we haven't heard anything since um but if the cases in Chicago are anything like they are where I am in Texas or in Florida or other hot spots in the country then that's probably going to change
1: yeah i don't know what it's like in chicago or what the you know cases are like in chicago but i just i don't know i was thinking about that today and i was just i was like oh. like it just makes me sad yeah Cause normally yeah. we've even had like a teaser or something like, right? Like you see the articles being like new character coming to whatever. And it like, we just haven't had any of that. And it's just so sad and depressing.
0: It is, it is. I've been making a point. Cause I mean, most Wednesday nights, I actually won't watch the reruns just because I'm usually doing other stuff. But the past two weeks I have definitely stopped to like sit down and watch the reruns just cause I miss them.
1: I know. And with Peacock launching next week, that'll definitely be something I'm doing.
0: So from the time that you're hearing this on Friday, the countdown will officially be, what, Five, five, five days? Five days. Five, five days five to days, Peacock. Yeah. Yes, yes. I have already pre-registered for like the, the premium or whatever. But yeah, next weekend you can find me watching Peacock for hours on end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm excited.
1: Me too. It'll be really fun.
0: Have you seen the previews and the trailers for like the Peacock originals that are coming?
1: No, I know you said you weren't that excited, but I have not watched them yet.
0: I wasn't really impressed with any of them, but I will say the the only one that I saw that I'm definitely going to watch is a British cop drama because it's a British cop drama. Yeah.
1: You can't stay away from the cop dramas. I really
0: can't. I can't. It's a weakness, okay? Like, it's... Watch
1: me... Watch it be good, and then you're going to be like, Bryna, you have to... Watch it and then I'm gonna watch it. Like that's how these things go, right? That
0: literally (laughs) is how it always happens. And that's what happens to me with a lot of shows. Like once upon a time, the first time I saw the trailer for that show, I was like, this looks like garbage. And then I just happened to catch an episode and I was like, this is fantastic. Um, and I did the same thing with the hundred. I was like, This looks weird. And then I was like, and I'm in.
1: When that was me with 911, I was like, this is terrible. I'm never going to watch it. And then I saw the gift from Lone Star, and then it just, it all went down. And I was like, but I'm never going to watch The Flagship. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to start it one day. And I was like, this is good. Yeah. And
0: you're like, I'm never going to watch The Flagship. And I'm over here like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. And
1: here I am. Yeah,
0: and here you are. So, yeah. Five days till Peacock. Just kind of mark your calendars. I hope my boss doesn't expect me to get anything done on Wednesday, July 15th. No, I'm just kidding. I have coworkers who actually listen to the podcast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, there's really just not a lot of news. Um, I mean, the other TV thing worth mentioning. Bryna, have you watched Hamilton yet?
1: Yes, I did. I watched part of it last week and then I finished it last night with my dad. So, yes, I did watch it. First
0: time to see it? yeah what'd you think
1: I mean that's amazing oh like god. it was it was really good I think I mean I always enjoyed the soundtrack but there were like I was one of those people who was never like oh my god every sound song in the soundtrack is amazing like I have to listen to all of them like I had my few favorites and then I was good I think seeing it visually now um and like seeing it actually I mean on the stage and like how it all works like I have a better understanding so i think i have a better appreciation for some of the songs that i didn't necessarily like just from listening to the soundtrack yeah yeah. um but i thought it was i mean i thought it was great like i thought it was great
0: i cried more watching it on disney plus than i did when i saw it in chicago and i cried when i saw it in chicago but i definitely cried way more watching it on disney plus
1: really i didn't cry But um, I thought it was great. And like my dad and I are both really big musical theater people. And we were like, yeah, we would totally, I mean, we're going to watch it again, I'm sure at some point. But yeah, Yeah. it was amazing.
0: I usually cry without fail at the very, very last song, like the final, final song. But then seeing it on Disney Plus when Eliza like screams right when Philip dies, spoiler alert, sorry. I was like, oh, you've just got me crying like five songs too early. That's fine. And then I just straight up cried from like, it's quiet uptown all the way through to the end. Just so good. Yeah, that it's was... So
1: good. I so I, I knew Philip died, but, like, I absolutely didn't know how that all played out. There was just so much, like, I, like I said, like, I knew the songs, like, I knew, you know, like, I knew the basics, of, and, like, I knew the basic story, but, like, just seeing it all together, like, I just, I have a deeper appreciation for it.
0: Yeah, it's um, amazing. Was it weird for you to see Dean?
1: No, because, like, I knew he was in it, but, like, there were times I was like, oh, yeah, like, Dean Oak, Dean Hercules Mulligan, well, James Madison, like I was just like, like it was trying to second compute, but like it wasn't that weird for me. Um, but yeah, it was we're really cool. we're talking about,
0: oh, Kyrie Eddie he is, um, he's Dean on Station 19, but he was also the original James Madison, Hercules Mulligan in Hamilton. So um, he's more so known to us as Dean now than he is Hercules Mulligan. But yeah,
1: but he's great. Yeah so good He's great in that i mean everyone was i mean
0: fantastic
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so we just had to do our quick little hamilton roundup sorry about that uh, but yeah there's no news we wish there was though because they should be resuming filming and they're not and it makes us sad just you know what yeah, popped up in my time hop the other day sorry go ahead no, you go ahead first. What? Well, no, you know what popped up in my time hop the other day was when they were filming 301. And there was this picture you probably I don't know if you remember it, but like they were they literally filmed it at Midway. And so like Jesse was like laying on the conveyor belt and uh, LaRoyce was like sitting in front of it like he was TSA. And Jesse, like the caption was something like, oh, hey, LaRoyce, like your salad is clear. It popped up in my time hop the other day. And I was like, oh, but also that episode was
1: torture that's funny i was just gonna say that like i you know like, it feels weird now but like really it's gonna feel weird like come september when they're not airing yeah yeah and we're not having like premiere you know having all stuff it's gonna feel weird real weird really weird
0: for sure for sure so so yeah that's about all we've got in terms of news and by news we mean like hamilton roundup um But yeah, if you guys ever see anything, let us know, please. We're, like, desperate for news these days. We just, you know, anything, really. We're just kind of staring at social media at this point, just like, are you guys okay? What are you doing? We miss you. Like, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, send us stuff if you see it. You guys know how to get it to us. So, moving into the episode. Once again, this is Chicago Med Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Natural History. So, this aired back in, like, 2016, which was not that long ago, but also feels like it was that long ago.
1: Yeah, this is the first season I watched live. Like, that feels like a long ago, like a long time ago.
0: Yeah, this is probably the only thing I remember about season two.
1: <laughs> yeah, season two is a blur.
0: <laughs> season two of Med is definitely a blur. But one of the reasons we wanted to cover this episode is because this covered a very important topic – that has actually come back into the news in recent weeks because of some really unfortunate things that are happening. And so, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the episode by now, if not, sorry, you're going to be spoiled. Uh, but we learned that Maggie's sister Denise is a transgender woman. And the reason we wanted to cover this is because there's a lot of stuff happening that, you know, needs attention. So, um, one of the most staggering statistics that you'll see is that the average life expectancy of a black transgender woman is only 35 years old.
1: That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's heartbreaking and disappointing and just unfortunately a lot of different things, but yeah, yeah, it's,
0: it's horrible. And I want to say in the past like week or two, I think seven women, seven transgender black women in the country have been killed. Um, it's, it's all over the absolutely news. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, yeah, completely disgusting. I know one was right here in my hometown. Um, thankfully, they got a suspect yesterday or today. Um, but it's horrible. And so, you know, that has been happening. You've got Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling in the news for her opinions on a lot of things that are just awful. I I just... We we were talking right before we started recording about what's going on in the world right now. And it's just something that doesn't comp- does not compute in my brain how somebody could carry so much hate in their heart.
1: Did you read Harry Potter? Yes, I did. How do you feel about like specifically about like J.K. Rowling's comments and like the fact that she signed the Harper's letter? Like, how does that make you feel as someone who, like, loves her work? Because I've never read Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I don't really watch the movies. Like, that's not something I'm interested in. So for me, I can just look at it more objectively and be like, those comments are trash. Um,
0: I feel like I have to approach Harry Potter now the same way I approach Wintry Hill, Which, I mean, again, for those of you who don't know, One Tree Hill is a major part of my life. I do have a quote from it tattooed on my body. Um, It's a it it was a huge show for me that, you know, it it was a huge part of my life. And so when the allegations about Mark Schwann happened, uh, which, you know, pales in comparison to the things that J.K. Rowling has been involved with in the media lately, uh, I had to separate the author from the work So I kind of had to leave Mark Schwann out of the equation and more so focus on what I learned from Lucas, Nathan, Haley, Brooke, uh, Peyton. You know, I I had to separate them and just be like, no, forget it. Forget you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm basing everything off of what I learned from Brooke Davis, from Peyton Sawyer. So I feel the same way about Harry Potter now. I'm just like, J.K. Rowling, go sit in the corner. We're done here. I'm going to focus on Harry, Hermione, Ron. And just kind of leave you out of it. If that makes any sense. I don't know if.
1: No it definitely does. I like said I was just curious. Because I'm not someone who's read Harry Potter. Like I don't own the books. I don't plan to. (laughs) I know that offends a lot of people. But like it's just not something I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So like I was just curious. As someone who like read the books. Loved them. Seen all the movies etc. Like how you felt about it.
0: Yeah and I think. I I think I have to kind of focus on all of the other things. I get out of the fandoms. The respective fandoms. you know, One yeah. Hill and Harry Potter, both, you know, like the sense of community, the friends I've made, all of the good things that I have gotten out of these works. And I just kind of have to separate that from the person who created it. And with Mark Schwann is interesting because he's not the only one who wrote that entire show. He had a team. Right. So I think it's a little easier to do that, but it's difficult. I mean, it's definitely difficult. Um, and the yeah. Harper's Weekly Letter, I'm... You know, I, I, I'm i familiar with it. I'm, I haven't read it, um, but I know yeah. that there is a lot of attention that has been paid to it in recent weeks, um, or days even, um, regarding the trans community and what the letter said.
1: Yeah. I uh, Yeah, I haven't read it either, but it's just, to see all the stuff that's, like, come out surrounding it is just like, <sighs> I feel like that's all I do today, these days. It's just like...
0: <sighs> I mean, I I guess I could ask you a similar question, which I feel a little bad doing given recent news. But, you know, when the... Glee was your show growing up, I know that. When mm-hmm. the allegations with Mark Saling came out, how did you feel, did that impact how you felt about the series how did you feel about that
1: um so I think it's so those came out after I'd like I'm trying to remember if they came out I think the show was over by the time they came out or if it was was like in its last season um I think and I was definitely like off the glue wagon by that point I still feel weird about it given like the impact that it's had on my life and like for example like he had a solo album which I personally really loved and loved to listen to but like I don't really listen to it anymore because I do feel some type of way and like when I was telling you before we started recording about all the posters and the stuff on my walls now in my childhood bedroom and I was talking about like some of them didn't necessarily age that right you know like some of them don't hold up that is really what I was referring to, the, like, the fact that I have posters of him on my walls and, like, you know, given that. I try to separate it and, like, I try to, you know, like you said, like, I try to appreciate the show for what it was and, like, the impact it had on my life and, you know, like, everything it gave to me and, you know, all the good times. But, like, I would say I'd be lying if I said that, like, I don't think about it all the time when I, like, see a picture of him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think about it a lot. Like, and I, you know, I've also never really gone and done, like, a full rewatch. Like, I don't know how I would feel about that if I, like, did one of those, given everything. But, like, yeah. Like, I think about it all the time when I, like, see a picture of him.
0: So, it, it, like, it hangs over your head. But, you know, it, it's something that I know for me you have to actively try – not you have to try to not let it taint the work that you know you've come to love so much
1: yeah and i think too i mean well the other problem with glee is that like glee in a lot of ways like doesn't necessarily hold up um and so like i don't really go back and rewatch it a ton mm-hmm. um even though as much as i did love it back then like i don't really go back and rewatch it um yeah but it also is weird to like, you know, kind of just how like people kind of overlook things and yeah, I don't know, which is the whole thing. But yeah, I do for the most part, like I try to separate like what Mark did was really bad, like really, really, really bad. And I do not approve, but like I can't also not ignore like Glee and what it's meant to me. And like, I mean, like I'm literally looking at like on my desk and there's just like all kinds of Glee stuff. So like, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. I, it's it's a it's an interesting question, right? Um, you know, wh- what do you do when that happens? And so, like, listeners, if you're if you're out there, which we know you are, thank you. Um, you know, how how have you felt in light of these things? Tell us. I mean, you know, something we've definitely been focusing, or you know, making sure we do in this this crazy summer that we're in is, you know, as much as we wish that the podcast and the three shows could exist within a vacuum, they don't. There's a crazy, crazy world outside right now. And, you know, these are issues that we need to talk about.
1: Yeah, I think it, it'd it be easier, too, if you'd be like, yeah, these pl- these these shows don't take place in, you know, they take place in, like, a mystical, like, fairyland or, you know, whatever. Like, then it's a little bit easier to be like, okay, like, you know, right. we could talk about them without having to talk about the real stuff. But they don't. They take place in Chicago, which is a real city. You know, like, they take, you know, they do all these real life things. And we have to dress them you know it's as much as we yeah. want to do like fun light-hearted episodes and be like yeah these shows you know blah 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 everything's sunshine and rainbows and blah 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 like that's just not the reality no and i think we'd be you know doing a disservice to you guys if we didn't talk about this stuff so we're trying
0: yeah and i mean and the other reason we're hitting on these serious heavy topics is to show you guys like hey you know we're all feeling the emotions, right? We're feeling sad. We're feeling hopeless. We're feeling stressed. You know, we need, we're feeling all of these things. You guys are not alone in what you're feeling. So if you guys Mm -hmm. are getting down about the state of the world, if you're down about all the hate that's out there, we're here for you. Oh,
1: 100%.
0: We are here. You know, there's two humans behind the podcast that, you know, you guys can always talk to us in our inbox, in our tweets, however. So...
1: Yeah, and if anyone wants to talk about, like, how silly these sports leagues are about how they're handling the COVID stuff, we talk about that probably more than anything. So definitely feel free to hit us up. Yeah,
0: these days we're talking a lot of sports. I think Bryna knows more about soccer now than she's ever wanted to know in her entire life.
1: <laughs> but it's really fun. Yeah. It's yeah. really fun for us to just be like, "How idiotic is this?" And just like face palm and all our texts. It's so fun, you guys also, it's also have also not, not fun, now. but yes, <laughs> yeah, it's fun, but not fun, but fun, but not fun, but yeah, yeah. So I, we also were willing to talk COVID and all kinds of other stuff. So yeah,
0: so I'm, you know, you, you you're probably hearing it from everywhere where people are like, "Oh, we're in this together," but a lot of times it's BS. It's not BS when it comes from us. It's not BS. Mm-hmm. We are in this together. So lean on us we'll lean on you but we will all get through this together until the next one chicago wednesday so yes. yes so moving into the episode i will say this about this episode this was a really strong episode of med
1: this was really good i was surprised at some like going back and look at like we'll talk about it in a second but like will's reaction initially i was kind of like oh Like, there were some things I was, like, I don't know if if that's necessarily the same Will that we see now. Um, But, yeah, I did think it was overall, like, a good episode.
0: Will's reaction, you mean when he finds out about Denise?
1: Yeah, and, like, the way he, like, some of the things he said about, like, his family and, like, yeah. I just, I didn't expect that out of what I expected. Yeah, yeah, so...
0: Okay, so we'll start off with Maggie and Will because, you know, it's the dynamic duo. Um, you know, if and when we ever do our wish list episode, if and when the seasons ever start, I think my number one thing is going to be more Maggie and Will. I need it in my life.
1: It's always Maggie. Like, I just, like, every time they give it to us, they're so good. And I just, like, want more of it. And I hate that we don't get it. Maggie brings out the best in him. Yeah. She's just, they're just so good.
0: So, so good so so good so we start this episode and it's a lockwood family reunion this is like the
1: the cutest thing ever yeah it's really fun
0: yeah so somehow some way maggie took will to the family reunion i mean again adorable precious great love it but also my question here is how why why do we think that she invited him to the family reunion i have no clue like honestly no idea My only theory, okay, so it's early season two, right? And I'm thinking at this point that, you know, because you've got Natalie who's circling Jeff and Will's just kind of, didn't he just break up with Pharma Girl? I think he did.
1: I don't know. I haven't seen Med season one in like
0: forever. Okay, so my only guess is I'm imagining some conversation where Maggie's like, Will, what are you doing this weekend? And he's like, Probably playing Xbox in my boxers, and Maggie's like, "Screw that! You're coming with me to the family reunion." That's my that's my only theory. That's all I've got.
1: Yeah, I mean, my guess is like some kind of cheering up method, but yeah, it's just uh, the, these two, these two, these two.
0: Just yeah. Also, green is Nick Elfus's color.
1: Depending on the green.
0: Okay. Well this shade of green he was in like a mint green shirt here like this shade of green was perfect are you talking about the green shirt he wore at con in 2018
1: yeah the ed sheeran look that's not a (laughs) good look for him i thought it was good um i I think it was the hat i think if he had just worn it differently it would have looked better
0: but like anytime anytime i see green on him i'm going to think it's ed sheeran i don't know why but green is a good color for him
1: yeah, I think Green can be fine. I just think he needed to not wear it buttoned all the way up to his neck and not wear that freaking black ball cap.
0: <laughs> We're talking about Con now. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, what do you think I was talking about?
1: Uh, yeah, Well,
0: because he wore Green in the episode and at Con. Uh, Nick, we uh, love you. Come back uh, on the pod, please. I'm we miss still, you.
1: I'm still ranting about his look at Con. <laughs> well,
0: I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick come back on the pod please we love you and we miss you and we hope you're having a good quarantine <laughs> oh goodness yeah that, that green shirt on him is just perfection just it's pretty great so enter Denise so Maggie sees Denise across the way and she's just like oh my god she's completely shocked and she runs over and she sees Denise and she's like oh my god what are you doing here I'm so surprised she introduces her to Will and the intro scene is pretty cute we get a couple of good gems Um uh, The first thing Will says to Denise, he's like, so are you to blame for the big mouth on this one? Which, yeah, that's funny. Um, But there's also like little snippets of dialogue that kind of foreshadow what we're getting into. Because when she says that, Maggie comes back and she's just like, what? I was born this way. Yeah. Yeah. Things I didn't catch the first time.
1: No, definitely not. And I still think even though, obviously, though, I've seen this episode before, like, I don't even think I caught it in this rewatch. Like, it wasn't until, like, they pointed it out later and I was like, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Denise is played by Alexandra Noel Gray, a transgender woman. Um, so that's cool to see. She's been on a bunch of other stuff, too. And um, when I looked her up, I saw uh, she was on What's the One on Amazon with Jeffrey Tambor Oh, uh, uh, transparent. transparent. Yes, yeah. She was on that. Um, she she's been in a, a bunch of stuff since. So um, she's she's a she's a good actress. So definitely worth checking out. And so uh, we learned that Denise moved from Dallas nine or ten years ago. Meaning I've probably seen her around the city somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so there's the moment where they're basically walking back from the car, and Will's just like, so let me guess, like she moved for a guy, and Maggie's just like, uh, something like that. But as Denise is driving away, she crashes into a parked car. And that's basically our cold open. If there's I don't think there's such a thing as a cold open in a drama. But that's our teaser, basically, Um, because it turns out she can't see. So at med, uh, you know, she's in there with Will and Maggie and she wants to leave. But, you know, Maggie and Will convince her to stay. She's just like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. I couldn't see. I've had migraines forever. That was probably just like it. It's nothing. I get migraines, but I can thankfully always see. I'd be freaking terrified if I couldn't see for even a minute. Yeah, me too. That, that, ew, ew. Uh, so Maggie finds antibodies that indicate that she might have cancer. The key word is might. Uh, but when Will asks for more information, Denise is just like, yeah, there's there's nothing to know. And while this is happening, Maggie is just kind of shooting daggers at her with her eyes. And she's just like, what the hell? But I think Maggie respecting denise enough to let denise be the one to tell will i mean that's it's respectful i mean i i think that it probably would have been a violation of her privacy had maggie told will even in front of
1: her what do you think yeah no definitely but i think will's reaction once he finally finds out because basically he's doing like the ultrasound or something like that and it's basically they kind of Find something in her abdomen. Will's like. I don't really know what that's supposed to be. And then like it comes out. That like she, Denise still has her prostate. And obviously that she transitioned. And all that stuff. And then Will's reaction though. When he like pulls Maggie out of the room. He's like not happy about the fact. That like a crucial piece of medical history. Was left out. And like that Maggie you know. Didn't tell him and blah blah blah. That's more where I was like. Oh I was kind of surprised. Um, by that.
0: Yeah, it was a little, a little, like, kind of off-putting when he just got all, like, huffy with Maggie. I was just like, dude, really, really read the room. Read the room, Will. But thankfully, it just, it went away as fast as it happened. I think once he heard a little bit more from Maggie, he eased up and he was like,
1: oh, this is really hard for her. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just think, you know, like, it just seems very much, like, I guess it's very early season one, two Will to like just react without like really listening and you know not that he still doesn't do that now but it was all the time, it was like every episode in yeah. early seasons.
0: And this version of Will that we get in this episode at this point in time in season two, this was like an anomaly, this is, I mean this is the Will we get now on the regular but this this kind of Will where he's calm, cool, collected in season two was a rarity. Yeah. William. <sighs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, will we'll gets on Maggie for a little bit and Maggie's just like, don't even try, don't even try it. And then he finally like comes to an understanding and he's just like, was it hard for you? And she just says it was harder for her. So. Will comes out with a remark here that I, I find a little insensitive. I don't know if, um, that, that this was the thing with Will is that, I mean, I think overall he handled this well. But also, like, he had no idea what to do or say. Oh, uh, yeah. He, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that was the first transgender person Will has met. um, But, like, it wouldn't surprise me if it was.
0: Right. And so he comes out with this remark that I feel like he would only get away with with Maggie. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he just is like, if it were my family, she would have been disowned, which... Okay, yeah, Pat Halstead probably would have lost his shit, but also maybe don't say that.
1: Yeah, but I also think, too, like, in some ways, this conversation feels very dated. Like, it feels very 2016. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that if this same thing happens in 2020, that it's handled the same way. Like, that Will has the same react, you know, says the things he says, whatever. Like, I think that just is one of the things that, like, shows, like, how... I mean, we still have, obviously, a very long way to go um, when it comes to transgender rights in this country. But, like, I think it comes to show, like, how far we've come since 2016.
0: Yeah, which, again, it doesn't feel like 2016 was that long ago, but it also feels like 2020 has been about eight years long.
1: Right. But I also think, too, when you look back at this episode, like, this was pretty... I don't know if radical is the right word, but like pretty progressive. That's more the word I'm looking for for like television in 2016. It was ahead of its time for sure. Yeah. Um, but so I think in that way, I'm like, wow, like it was, was, you know, ahead of its time, but also like, I, you know, it's very dated at the same time too.
0: I, yeah, I agree. This episode does not play out the same in 2020 as it does in 2016. I mean, a lot of medical facilities now are including different options on their forms in terms of gender. Um, and I think in 2020, hopefully Denise is more comfortable telling doctors that, you know, she is a transgender woman, hopefully. Um, but I agree. It's it's completely different. So it would be interesting to see this episode in in, in 2020 terms. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, So Denise is leaving because basically what happened here is that Will used transgender as a noun. And so she wouldn't let him examine her. And so in this term, and I didn't quite catch what Will said. Did he basically phrase it as in saying like, you're transgender?
1: We don't see that conversation. Like we see like Denise leaving and, you know, will come or Denise is like packing. Will comes out of the room and Mag's like, what? And Will's like, I didn't realize like using transgenders and noun was like offensive. You don't actually see the remark he made.
0: So, and this ties into another conversation. Something we've talked about in recent weeks is being actively anti-racist and being actively an ally. Uh, I think the key word here is active. And one of the things that I've seen in recent weeks is, you know, uh, the, basically one of the ways to be an active ally here for the transgender community is by using the proper terminology, using the right pronouns. These things are crucial, crucial. So this I did not know about that using transgender as a noun was offensive, um, so that's interesting um and yeah it's it's something that you know i I feel like I learned something from this episode, did you?
1: Yeah, but I think too, like I'm not sure, and i I mean granted, this is, I really don't know like I don't know if someone like if every transgender person feels like that. Right? Like, does every person find that using transgender as a noun feels offensive? I don't know. Um, But I also don't think I would have ever known that anyone feels like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And
0: this all loops back into the bigger conversation that we are all learning. Learning.
1: Yeah, for sure. And again, I think, too, like we were talking about, like, obviously, like, using the right pronouns and, like, all that stuff. Like, again, like, we've just come so far, even since this episode was done. Like, in some ways, these conversations feel dated, but, like, you can, like you said, you can also still learn a lot from it, so.
0: Right, right. Okay, so I, I looked it up because it's not an episode of Me a Somalis if we don't Google something while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what? Pro- what's problematic is saying something like transgenders or a transgender, Basically right. it sounds it, it sounds to me like instead of calling Will Denise, he may have just called her transgender.
1: Right. Or instead of like even saying like a transgender woman and, you know, right. and so Et cetera, et cetera.
0: The the better it should transgender should be used as an adjective. That's that's an right. important thing to note. It should be used as an adjective, not a noun. So What's preferred is saying a transgender person or transgender people. It should describe a noun. But yeah, also, I mean, the other thing that's very important is using the correct pronouns. Uh, Something I've been seeing, you know, since all of these things have come about on social media, about, you know, civil, civil, or the, now I'm tongue-tying myself, um, about all the social justice issues that have come out are, people have been posting a lot of infographics on Instagram. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've been really helpful and handy. And I've learned a lot from them. And one of them that I read the other day was about, um, you know, transgender terminology and the proper things to use. And one of the things it says is to, you know, actively correct people if the the incorrect pronoun is used. So if somebody says he or she, but the pronoun is they, you know, the thing to do is just to stop and say, okay, wait, it's they, and then just move forward. Uh, Yeah. So... You know, we're we're trying to spread awareness and be the most active allies that we can, while also learning everything we can and soaking things up like sponges. So, mm-hmm. I feel like I've learned more about life and like the world and everything since quarantine started than I have like my entire life.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been an
0: eye opening
1: four months or whatever it's been.
0: Yeah. I had this conversation with my best friend the other day. I think we were, we were probably complaining about politics because our governor in Texas is our governor. Um, and I told her, I was like, I've learned more about capitalism since March than I have in my entire life. And she was like, yep, same, same. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. So Maggie confronts Denise, won't let her leave. Um, And Denise accuses Maggie of basically hating what she's done to herself. And they have kind of a really cathartic moment and, and poor Will is just kind of like stuck in the middle and witness to this, but you know, they have a a sister to sister moment. And Maggie just says, she's like, I miss my brother. Um, but you know, they, they, they basically not like come to an agreement, but you know, Maggie apologizes, but she's also like, I'm not going to lose you. Like you, get back in that bed I'd be saying this if you were my sister or my brother you know so yeah. the biopsy comes back Denise does have prostate cancer but Will is really hopeful that it can be cured with treatment Um, and it's good Um, I know that the moment when sh- he's like yeah well you need to follow up when you get back and he's like or you could stay here and we could take care of you I was just like this little Chicago family I love them so much <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. thought it was good. It, it was it was good, and it was a twist, too. I mean, I definitely was completely surprised when she was like, no, I'm a transgender woman.
1: It's hard to remember what I thought, because now, obviously, I know, and so, like, even then, this rewatch, I was just, like, waiting for it to happen. Um, but, yeah. I remember... If I remember correctly, I remember being surprised, but mm-hmm. I don't really remember that much.
0: Yeah, and so... She does actually come back in, is it later in season two or season three?
1: No, she only comes back in the ep- season four. I thought she came back in like multiple episodes. Uh, corner IMDB, it's only been two. It's only been two.
0: Okay. Again, I mean, all concept of space and time is like, what? Huh? Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know. And it all ends with Maggie and Will at Molly's. And uh, I do think it's cute when basically Will spots Nina across the bar. And Maggie's like, I've had my fill of you today. So, like, go talk to her. Like, go away. (laughs) Uh, It's cute. So, yeah, it it, it ends well. But, like, man, Maggie and Will are just, like, the dynamic duo.
1: Yeah, they're really great. You know what I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about them? There was a very big missed opportunity to have – Will walk Maggie down the aisle. Oh my goodness, yes. Like a very big missed opportunity. Like,
0: my emotions. Did she she give herself away? I don't remember. I think so. I'm just like envisioning Will walking her down the aisle and it's just so perfect. Why didn't that happen? I
1: think she gave herself away, which is a very Maggie thing to do. Yeah, but it was just like I was again. I was just thinking like oh, that would have been a great moment. Can somebody write that fan fiction? Is there a Maggie
0: fan fiction? If there's not Maggie fan fiction. I th- there needs to be. I feel like we need to look on these fan fiction websites, and like these fan fiction websites need to organize themselves like by character, so that we can like look in
1: the proper places.
0: You, you can,
1: you can, yeah. On both Ao3 and fan fiction, done it.
0: Listen, I'm old. Okay, back in my back in
1: my world. Um,
0: again, don't forget. I've w-
1: been scrolling through like the general things for forever. Maybe. Oh my God, no, you can do it by (laughs) ship, you can do it by characters, you can do it by all kinds of random combinations, by rating, by all kinds of stuff.
0: Oh, okay, remember I was writing fanfic before fanfiction.net, that's how
1: old I am. So, um, okay, all right. Yeah, I don't remember, on AO3, I think you can only do it by like, you can definitely do it by tags. I don't think you can do it by ratings necessarily, but you can definitely do it by like characters and ships definitely
0: well there goes my productivity even further down than it already was so yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's funny that's funny yeah and with the will and nina stuff we'll we'll get into it because we'll get into it so um but yeah uh you know i I thought this was a really good episode at some point we'll cover when she comes back because um you know that's that's a really important topic as well
1: what Remember, it was season four. We already did that episode.
0: <laughs> no, I don't remember. What day is it
1: again? What month is it? What year is it? <laughs> I had this conversation via text too, when we were talking about which one we were gonna do. When I was like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, today could be like July eighty
0: fourth. For all I know, I have no idea." <laughs>
1: yeah no we already did that episode i don't remember which number it is but because it was in season four we've been doing our podcast now for three seasons like it, we definitely already did that episode uh, I,
0: yeah i don't facetime <laughs> what is that i don't know i told you yeah. i've been stuck in this apartment for two straight days now i don't know what's going on so yeah yeah loopy. the heat outside is warping my brain i don't know well yeah so we'll just rewind that Uh, We've already covered that episode. (laughs) I'll scroll back through and find out which one it is. Okay, so next in the hospital, we've got Connor because Connor is still around. So, um, Brianna, take us through Connor while I scroll around on AO3 about this new feature I found out about. So, um, start us (laughs) off on Connor.
1: So basically, this start, remember like this takes place like right after Doctor Downey's death. So like the hospital's in a bit of a drought in terms of like elective heart procedures. Although it's funny because when Connor and Goodwin are having that conversation, and Connor's basically complaining but not complaining about the lack of stuff, Goodwin's like, you know, we'll get back there one day. You know, med is a destination program, and I just wanted to be like, LOL, LOL, LOL.
0: Uh, Have you <laughs> have you seen the doctors that you work with? Do you know what they
1: do? You know what that history is? It's not a safe place.
0: They were literally introduced to us with a bomb. Yeah. There was also a pretty big Gwen vibe from Goodwin this episode. Did you get that too?
1: Yeah, I got that. Uh, We'll get there. But yeah, I did. Um, Basically. So Connor's like filling in as like trauma attending or whatever. And he gets a patient, and this patient was injured in a polo match, and then, of course, conveniently has a stroke in the ER, conveniently. So they catch it in great time. Um, And as it turns out, he basically needs heart surgery, because in order to fix his leg, he has to have the heart surgery I don't – there's, like, an order, a weird order, but basically he has to have the heart surgery and he has to have yeah. that first.
0: Yeah, he had some issue with a heart valve because he had a – basically the injury that he suffered playing polo made a clot, and due to the condition he's got in his heart, the clot was able to bypass his lungs and go straight up to his brain. Yeah. You like how I, like, illustrated that with, like, a swim?
1: <laughs> yeah, and of course no one's going to see it, but it's fine. No, it's um, fine. Anyway – So, of course, like, Goodwin is pissed because this patient has a lot of connections and she's just pissed at how the whole thing ends up. Um, I was
0: kind of pissed about how she handled this.
1: Yeah. But, of course, like, Connor being Connor. Like, Connor basically is, like, well, like, practically wheeling him into the OR before he tells anyone what he's doing. Yes. Yes. Especially Latham. He, like, basically, like, after Goodwin gets pissed. Connor then decides to loop in Latham at the literal last minute. And he's like, I just, you know, thought you were gonna, you know, because it's Shabbat, like, you know, you wouldn't be available, which I'm just like, Connor, that's not true. We know that's not true. Like you're lying out your ass right now.
0: Yeah. This was my question for you was do. Okay. So do we really think it was because uh, it wasn't wait? Okay. So I want to make sure I get this right. Not the Sabbath. It's Shabbat. That's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Okay, I didn't know that. No. Um, okay, so do we? did he really loop Connor into the last minute because he was being respectful of the Sabbath, or did he really just want to get it his way, or both?
1: I think it's he really just wanted to get his way, and he's lying out of his ass. He does have a I lot of respect the, for Latham, though. I think by the end of the episode, I think that changes, and I think, you know, the way... Connor now comes to see like Latham's side and the way Latham deals with Shabbat and you know, like his personal religious practices. Like I do think Connor comes around a little bit by the end of the episode, but in this moment, no, I think he's lying out of his ass. I,
0: I, and I mean, we were, we were just talking about in the last bit with Will about how, just how much things have changed in four months. I I definitely do not feel like the same person that I was in March. And so Connor's ego up until he left was you know it was its own thing but i feel like now in this current landscape connor's ego is bad it's bad it's borderline toxic it is so dangerous in this in this current climate that we're in in general not even just in the or what do you think
1: yeah definitely um yeah i yeah i mean i love connor um you know we'll talk about it in a second but like I just, you know, like, it kind of makes me mad, like, watching this episode, I'm, like, still bitter about the way they ruined Connor's storyline, and, like, how we don't, you know, see things, but, like, yeah, they would have had to do some major rework. It would have been
0: really interesting to see how COVID would change Connor.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I think it'll be interesting to see how COVID changes all of them. Absolutely. On MED. Yeah. Uh, MED especially, but, yeah. Anyway, so basically, Connor got way in over his head with his surgery, and so, of course, he has to have Latham step in and, like, Latham finishes the operation. Mm-hmm. Because, again, Connor's ego is too big for anybody.
0: With the Sabbath, it's... So explain this to me. It's not... Is it any sort of, like, machinery, any sort of tool, or is it just electricity? It, or? Depends,
1: it, it depends on how religious you are. So, like, for me, personally... I, I don't keep Shabbat in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like, I'll use electricity, I'll work and, you know, whatever. But for some people, you know, with some people it's about using electricity. So any, like, anything that's, like, flipping on, you know, light switches, any anything that requires electricity, like, they won't use. Some people won't even, like, as far as, like, go to, like, use a car on Shabbat. And so, like, if they're going to go to school on Saturday morning, then, like, they have to walk. Um, so, like, that's why, like, sometimes for some really religious people, like, the proximity of your house or apartment to a shul is like really important for them. If they're going to means it's okay. Like, they're going to have to walk. Um, and so it really just depends on how observant
0: you are. So for Latham did performing the surgery break that for him?
1: Probably. Yeah. But like, that's kind of why I was also confused too on like why he was even in the hospital in the first place on Shabbat. But like, unless he just happened to get called in because of the Connor situation. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. But I don't think so because I feel like Goodwin earlier was like, "You should probably go talk to Latham," and he was like, he like said it out of his ass that he was gonna like go talk to Latham, um, and didn't originally. But like, so I don't know. But like that part really confused me. Um, I I think he did get called in solely because of Connor. Yeah, which would be my guess. But yeah. So, my gift. Connor, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, in my opinion, based on how they showed it, Latham doing the surgery definitely, like, was not him. Like, broke what he probably did in observing the Sabbath. So, yeah. Anyway. So Connor walks into the doctor's lounge after the surgery and everything and basically finds out from, it's like Will and Ethan and April, Mm -hmm. was April in there? Yeah. Uh, That he was named to this like magazine, local magazine in Chicago's like rising star, like 40 under 40 edition, whatever. (laughs) And he's number 11. And like, they're just kind of, you know, like poking fun at him. And Connor's like, I didn't know anything about this. Like, I promise. Like, I didn't know anything about this. Um, it's just to see, like, Will and Ethan, like, you know, poke fun at Connor. Like, all in good fun.
0: I feel like we never got to see the three guys in the hospital, like, having bro time. And just, like, roasting each other and having fun.
1: No, they definitely did not. It was, like, unfortunately, like, at the very, very end, like, I can remember in 501... When Connor, like, leaves for good. And we were like, this is such goodwill stuff. Like, such goodwill and Connor stuff. Like, why didn't we get this all along? Like, that's unfortunately something they didn't really do as much as I feel like they could have.
0: We really were deprived of a roadstead bromance. Really were. It could have been so good.
1: Yeah. Um, But basically, so Connor goes to Goodwin to, like, let her know about it and how, like, he didn't have anything to do with it. He promises and she's like, I approved it. And he's like, Yeah, but did you read what they had to say? Like, Dashing Young Surgeon is poised to lead Chicago med into the future. And she's like, Yeah, I thought it's good PR. Uh, But this is, like, that line where he's, you know, it's like, bashing young surgeon is poised to lead Chicago Med in the future. Like, that's what made me be like, yeah, I'm bitter that they ruined Connor's storyline. And now we won't get to see Connor be the future of Chicago Med. Forever, forever
0: bitter. This is, like, when Voight told Jay that, like, he's going to have the unit one day. Like, this was, like, the OG version of that.
1: Yeah, but at least with that, there's still a chance.
0: Yeah, just, I uh yeah the same way i was telling you before i was like certain things are just not computing in my brain having connor exit never will compute in my brain
1: not me either um and but yeah basically connor admits to her that like he thought he was more ready than he is and she's just like stay humble stay humble dr Rhodes. like your time will come uh stay humble and again just like yeah lol at connor staying humble connor's never been humble
0: this is the same guy who like drives a Porsche and like speeds around the corner and like action movie star style parks in the in the lot.
1: Yeah, and had the whole like you know basically a bragging competition between him and Ava for two seasons. Like, yeah. But actually, though, yeah. Anyway, so the episode ends with Connor finding Latham just like staring at the elevator button because again, like it's Shabbat, like you can't press. He can't press the button. And he makes a comment about how at uh, John Hopkins, John Hopkins, there's like a whole Shabbat elevator that just like automatically goes and stops at every floor, you know, all day, all night, whatever. Um, and so Connor presses the button for him, and then also the button side, and basically like they just exchange like Shabbat shaloms, and like that's it, and it kind of ends. And like we kind of see Connor come around and, like, recognize Latham, because Latham's new at this point, too, right? Because, obviously, Downey died at the end of season one, and Latham comes in to be the new Downey, quote-unquote. And so, like, he and Connor are still very much getting to know each other, and I think this was an important step in their relationship of, like, Connor seeing Latham and, like, seeing what Latham's all about and be like, okay, like, I got it.
0: Yeah, kind of Um, filling each other out. I I don't want to say that Connor came in thinking he was better than Latham, but I think he definitely came in thinking that he didn't need Latham. And this
1: episode definitely, like, put his ass in place. Definitely. And I think, too, though, unfortunately, kind of going off like how he said, like, we wish we had seen more Roadstead, like, I feel like they could have done. I mean, granted, it may have to do too with like um like actor availability but like I wish we'd gotten to see more like Connor and Latham. Yeah. Because I feel like once they introduced Ava it was all about Connor and Ava and competing and blah blah you know just that stuff. And like Latham was obviously kind of in the middle of that but like I would have loved to see more like Connor and Latham.
0: That was definitely an underrated friendship big time.
1: Yeah when I just think it could have been so important for, you know, Connor's trajectory as a surgeon, and I just thought, and like, Connor's, you know, evolving as a human. I just, I thought it was really important, and I just would have liked to see more of it. Yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. So, um, also worth noting, Otto Essendow's got a new show premiering on Netflix. I don't remember what it's called right now, but I keep seeing his posts on Instagram. Uh, now so, yeah. I'm about to go look it up. Yeah, so... Check that out once we get the title, which we will do shortly. Um, I love Otto Essendow. He's so talented. Yeah. So, moving into Natalie, because again, this is early season two. So, Manstead are not really, they, they've had that awkward, awkward first kiss, and that's about it. Yeah. Literally about oh, it. Oh, how the times have turned. Oh, big time, big time so natalie is making the loudest hard eyes i have ever seen slash heard in my life at jeff i mean she is just like flat out just staring at him across the ed and i mean it's like cartoon style like animaniacs hearts like popping out of her eyes um yeah so she gets a patient who does not speak english and it just so happens that since will is off i guess it means clark has to shadow her Mm, what a bummer And so their patient doesn't speak English. He has all of these symptoms and (laughs) she she basically suspects an infectious disease, which like, what did you know before we knew, Natalie? What's going on there? And she evaluates his symptoms and everything. And she looks at Jeff and she's like, so what do you do when you have an infectious disease of unknown origin? And I'm over here like, cry, start drinking, make banana bread, like all the things I've been doing for the past four months. I don't know. What do you do? But um, they're just very calm about it. And i, I it was kind of uncomfortable. I was like, I need you guys to have a bigger sense of urgency, given what's happening outside in the world right now.
1: Yeah. that I don't know if I would have felt so uneasy about the storyline four months ago. But, like, their calmness, I was like, this is weird. This is just very weird. Like, not the reaction you're supposed to have. Also, side note, um... Ato Asando's uh, show that's on Netflix is Caught Away, um, and it's September 4th, 2020. Noted. Noted.
0: A lot of stuff is coming back in September. Have you seen that in recent days?
1: Yes. Or hopefully coming in September.
0: I know. Hopefully. Um, the second season of Pen15 is going to start in September. I was really happy to see that the other day. I really enjoyed the first season. but And The Boys. The Boys. Yes. Oh, I'm excited for that. We should do an episode on the boys. That'd be interesting. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, it's a fun show. Fun show. So Natalie has to intubate the patient, which really only make, it makes things more difficult because they can't communicate. I mean, they already couldn't communicate. They definitely can't communicate it now. But there's a moment with Jeff here that I was like, oh, oh, I see you respecting women, Jeff. I see you. Okay. All right. Because when she goes to intubate him, he's like, well, wait, if you do that now, we're definitely not going to be able to communicate with him. And Natalie's basically just like, I would rather intubate him than have him die. And within like a two second window, Jeff is like, hey, I'm sorry for second guessing you. Like, I I apologize for doing that. And like, wow. Oh, oh, I, I don't think I've ever seen that happen in life or on TV ever. Yeah, I know. Jeff, man. Jeff. Jeff Clark what a guy I see you Mr. Feminist Jeff Clark good move um, yeah that, I feel like I haven't seen it on TV since and I definitely haven't seen it ever so I was like oh all right Clark's a little unicorn there I see that uh, so Natalie later has a quick run-in with Will but we've got to talk about the scene that leads into it so Will's at the vending machine trying to make a decision enter Nina I loved Nina. I loved her. And so Will's basically trying to make a decision and he can't. And something I caught in this episode, there was a lot of like symbolic dialogue that I didn't catch the first time around that I caught this time. And so Will's trying to make a decision or whatever. And so Nina's just like, OK, we'll just go for the next best thing. Excuse me. OK, this whole notion of Will like settling for Nina or like Nina being like the the, the next best thing or just like the the you know just that the settled the one that he settled for she, Nina sure deserves better okay like say her name with some respect
1: i know she and connor still should have rode off in the sunset together i'm just saying
0: they they totally should have they totally should have but also like i hate this notion that like Nina was pretty much brought in to be like a poor
1: man's natalie but she I mean, like obviously i think What Patty Murin brought to Nina, like, is why we all like her so much. I like the fact that we just all love Patty Murin. But, like, I think character-wise, like, she was. Like, I think it's just a testament to Patty that, like, we love Nina and we think Nina deserves so much better. But, like, I think if this is almost like anyone else, like, are we standing Nina Shore so hard? Probably not.
0: No, I know. I just, (laughs) on this podcast, we love and respect Patty Murin. So maybe that's
1: where it's coming from. Yeah, I think that's where it's coming from. I mean, but, yeah, like, it is, like, kind of sucky when we reflect back and, like, especially the way, like, Will and Nina ended. Like, Will was maybe not necessarily in the right space to be dating someone else. Um, but even though he and Natalie hadn't even really happened, but still. Um Yeah. 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 So
0: it turns out that Natalie's patient just has the measles, which like, and she's so relieved about it. And I'm also just like, God, if only the outbreak happening now was the measles and not this horrible pandemic that we're in the midst of. Like, God, yeah, Um, she figured it out from the patient's belt buckle because Will's big tidbit of advice was just like when you're in the weeds, always look at the history and the suit the belt buckle was like a souvenir from this roller coaster ride in this amusement park that had had like a bunch of measles outbreaks and so uh you know she cracks the case and jeff is just like wow that was amazing
1: he's like you're a genius and she's like (laughs) what and he's like yeah you're a genius and i never realized it how much you are and i'm just like jeff Like, I get that you're impressed, but, like, really? Like, do we really have to go that far? That part, I was like, that's a little cheesy. Okay, but also, we are nobody to judge, because Blake Gallo just exists, and we just go, huh. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being hypocritical, but still. Blake just walks in a room, and we just go, he's so cute. Yeah, I know. Blake Gallo can do no wrong.
0: No, he really can't. He really can do no wrong. (laughs) So the patient's cousin arrives and thankfully like she can act as a translator and you know the patient's just like oh my god thank you and then he just remarks he's like Natalie and Jeff like you guys make a great couple and then they just have like an awkward stare. Um, But that's like pretty much the beginning of you know Natalie and Clark. You know who Clark reminds me of or maybe I should say Jeff Hefner? You know who he reminds me of now that I think about it? He reminds me of Tim Bradford.
1: (laughs) Yeah kind of. I can see that. Yeah, so um, Tim
0: Bradford, of course, from another show that we will cover at another time. Um, yeah, just just wait. So yeah, that's <laughs> Natalie and Jeff, and that's like kind of the beginning of them. I mean, they were like, they weren't like knock your socks off amazing shit, but like they were, they were okay. They were like um, Hall, not Halstead, um Mills and Dawson. They were just kind of like they served their purpose. Okay, that was cute. Moving on.
1: I. I think, so. they could have been – I mean, like, I guess it depends on how far you want to go. I think they kind of got thrown under the bus a little bit too early, and I think they could have had a, like, potential, but, like, they didn't really even last that long. So, like, right, you know. Right. Right.
0: So, I don't know. Uh, Last up, we've got Ethan and and Dr. Charles and Sarah and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Bryna, take it away, please.
1: Yeah. So, basically, Ethan's patient is a pregnant woman with a burn. He treats it, you know – Yada, yada yada Her blood pressure's up, so Ethan wants an ultrasound. It's a precaution. But this couple's wary because they're trying to go as natural as possible since her sister miscarried after I, I, an amnio. Yeah, and so uh, MDO. I'm not, yeah. I have MDO a question CT, for you so here. I think that's,
0: so I have yes. a question. So when you know that basically ethan's like here's my answer based on education and experience and everything and when the couple is just kind of like we want to go as natural as possible it just got me thinking and I, I i feel like i don't know if maybe have you has your dad said anything in the current climate about how like do doctors just feel like they're screaming
1: into the void right now um i've not asked him personally and i it maybe I mean, well, obviously he's retired now, but like, I it may be like a little bit different too because like being an orthopedic surgeon, like a more of a specialty. Like, I don't know if it would really have much to say about like COVID. That's not obviously there. Just like personal opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not the same thing as being like a general doctor kind of thing, you know, or like um, like an epidemiologist or anything like that. Um, so I've not really asked him about it, but yeah I feel like most doctors, though, in general, just from what I've read and stuff, are feel like that, yeah, it
0: just it, it i this just made me think about the bigger picture, um and I was just like, God, like doctors must feel like they're just like screaming into an abyss right now,
1: yeah, it's crazy Probably. it's crazy, yeah, go on, sorry, anyway, so he he understands, and you know finally convinces them to do it, though. And basically, he ends up flagging down Dr. Charles and Sarah, though. And because what he found was that there is no baby. Science
0: is crazy. The human body is
1: crazy. Yeah, basically what happens is, like, anxiety can sometimes produce a hormone that replicates all the physical symptoms of pregnancy without a fetus. So, like, a hysterical pregnancy,
0: I hate that term, though. I hate the term hysterical pregnancy. It's got, like, a negative stigma to it, if you ask me, or, like, a negative connotation.
1: Yeah. Um, it kind of makes it, like, almost like I think of hysterical, like, it almost makes you seem like you think, of, I think of the phrase, like, you know, like, boy who cried wolf. You know, like, that's, like, kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Um, When associated with that term, but, yeah. But basically, you know, there is no baby. Her body is tricking her. And so they like wanted Dr. Charles' lessons. And he's like, here, Sarah, go tell her. <laughs> and I'm just like, that just, Sarah still had a lesson learn. I think she was technically, like, was she a resident by this point? She is, right? I She's think passive. so, yeah.
0: Because she, she had left at the end of season one because she was like, she was going to do pathology. And then she was like, no. Um, and Dr. Charles started the season, like, getting her from the coffee shop. So I think she is a doctor at this point. Yeah, well, resident. Resident, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But basically, she, like, of course, kind of freaks out. And so she doesn't, she gets her points across, but, like, she stumbles over them, like, isn't very confident in what she's saying. And so the patient's, of course, mad, and the patient's husband is mad. And there's this whole, you know, they have to, like, restrain, you have to sedate the woman, because she's, you know, very upset that, like, she thought... She's growing a baby, and she's still convinced she's growing a baby. Um, and then Dr. Charles and Ethan are just kind of like, yeah, like, we'll start to discharge papers, you know, whatever. And Sarah's annoyed because, like, they're just giving up and, like, letting the patient and her husband walk out. But Ethan and Dr. Charles are like, there's nothing we can do. Like, she doesn't fit the requirement for a psych hold. Like, you know, she's not doing her harm to herself. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but later on, kind of at the end of the episode, like Sarah sees the patient outside the hospital and like apologizes to her. And the patient tells her that, you know, she's lucky because she cares about what she does. And she admits that like she was an extreme skier, I think. Yeah. Because what she was doing. Um, and that, you know, she kind of lost a sense of herself when they moved from wherever to Chicago and, you know, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Um, and so it just kind of makes Sarah like have like a realization. But honestly, and I don't know how much of a hot take this is. I don't really know what the general when Chicago community censor, or consensus opinion is on Sarah. This episode just made me be like, yeah, I really didn't like Sarah. Like, it just reminded me, like, how much I didn't really connect with her. Like, I, I was not sad when Sarah left.
0: I, I wasn't either. I just was kind of indifferent about her. I was
1: just like, oh, Sarah. Yeah, like, I don't hate Sarah for any reason, but I was just like, I don't care. Like, I did not care about this at all.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I was very indifferent to Sarah the entire time. I, I feel like maybe they didn't quite know what to do with her. Yeah, probably.
1: Uh, but I will say it was a nice change of pace from the recent seasons where it's like Ethan and April constantly like being at each other's throat and like working together all the time. Like this was a nice change of pace from that. But yeah,
0: yeah, nobody was really fighting in this episode. No. That's nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, th- this was a solid episode. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I it, it's fun to like go back and like again. Like our season two med is like hitched, or you know, knowledge is not that strong, and so I always like going back and doing season two med episodes because I'm like, oh yeah, that's what happened. I don't remember that at all.
0: We got to start filling in the season two gaps now. We've already done two hundred one, so now we have to like, and we've done now this is two hundred three. We got to do two hundred two and then like work and our way done... up. we've done.
1: We've done some other like we did the season two finale like right when we started the podcast. Oh yeah, and we like did, we did we've the done, panda. And we did panda and we did Generation Gap, the where Will and Jay's father. Was that two? We've done I some. that was three? Two. No, that's two. Oh man. So we've done some season two, but yeah, we could definitely do more. Cool. So any other
0: notes about this episode?
1: No, it's a good episode. It
0: was a very good episode, yeah. So Um yeah, that's about all we've got for today. Um, you know, as always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's me to sit Molly's, all the way across the board. And like guys, we're, you know, we're not doing anything. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. So we're we're here. Get in touch with us, talk to us. We would love to do that. Um, yeah, uh follow us individually. I'm at Gina Watches TV, Brina.
1: I am at Briana K13.
0: Yeah, um, if you like the podcast, which we really hope you do, um, could you please, please, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes? Oh, we would so greatly appreciate that. It does indeed help other shy hearts find the show, especially now that Peacock is right around the bend. I'm excited.
1: I know. Crazy.
0: I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm like, yes, let's go. Um, Yeah, so that's what's going on. Uh, we will be back next week actually with a new episode and what we're thinking is we're gonna we're gonna deviate a little bit and we're gonna talk about the other first responder shows we watch because lo and behold it's we we kind of have a type when it comes to tv shows so um, well i
1: think too something we'll i mean we'll talk about this obviously a lot more next week but i think it's important too that like all of the ones that we're gonna talk about came after one chicago and just like to see the impact that Once Chicago's had on those shows and, you know, like, cause there's definitely a clear impact. And so, you know, it'll be fun to talk about. So, yeah.
0: So we will be back next week with that episode, all about our first responder shows. And in the meantime, yeah, get in touch with us. You know, we're around, we're here if you want to talk. Um, yeah. Wear a mask, wash your hands, stay safe, be kind, check on your friends, the usual stuff. Um, But yeah, otherwise, Everybody have a good weekend and we will see you next week. Bye.